Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're tuned in to KOYT Coyote Radio, 97.1 FM, and you're listening to The Castaway Show. I'm Dave Dolan, and I'm here with my latest episode. I've got fishing reports for you, both salt and freshwater, got a recipe, fishing tip, got a new feature story for you, and at the end of the show, I've got a special announcement for you. So stay tuned for this episode of The Castaway Show. Well, let's start off here with my fishing report. Well, is it, in the last couple reports, I start off more with a weather report. It's really kind of ironic that we had to wait all winter long and clear into springtime before we finally got some winter weather. Got, we had a couple inches of rain here in Anza just this last week. We got a major storm on the way in, which should drop quite a bit more. But as dry as it was all winter, I say just bring it on because it's going to do so much to improve the um, the water situation, the fishing, the wildlife, everything else. So let's take that rain when we can get it. Well, to start off, we'll look down on the desert side. I did not get a report out of Lake Kauia this past week, but my guess is they probably just about come to the end of their trout stocking season. The water's warming up down there. They've had some pretty warm weather in the desert, so they will probably pretty soon switch into their catfish fishing mode. Looking down the west side of us, we'll look at uh, Diamond Valley Lake. They've definitely gone into a spring mode. They are reporting some excellent bass fishing. That's for guys that know how to catch bass a lot better than I do. They say there's hardly anything under three pounds being caught. In fact, I got a report that a local guide that works the lake down there recently caught a 30-pound limit of bass. Now, that's a six-pound average for those five bass. I'll take that for any freshwater fishing anywhere. I've, my report is also that the striped bass fishing has slowed down a little bit, but that's probably because there hadn't been any recent uh, stocking of trout. But they were scheduled uh, on uh, March 14th to put some trout in there, so that'll probably perk up the uh, striped bass fishing. Looking down at uh, Lake Elsinore, my report out of there, one of my contacts says that the crappie fishing down there just blew up. It's some excellent fishing down there, but they say it'll be really good for a couple days, then shut off, but then picks right back up again. Who knows what the, um, what the rhyme or reason for that is, but if you're down there on a good day, that's great. I saw a recent catch down there. These are really nice size slab, nice size, slab size crappie. Really good for filleting out, and plenty of them down there. Also, they report that the bluegill fishing is really good, and that kind of goes hand-in-hand with the crappie fishing. So if you're targeting the crappie, chances are you can get into those bluegill too. Down at Lake Skinner, the bass are in a pre-spawn mode. They're still down pretty deep, so that really hasn't turned on really good yet. But um, the striped bass fishing is still doing well. This is the same technique for catching them, using the cut bait, chicken livers, Get around the dam or the inlet, and that seems to be the ticket for getting your striped bass. They are scheduled to get another trout plant on March the 28th, but like a lot of other lakes, this is gonna, this will be their last trout plant of the season. The water's starting to warm up. Down San Diego Way, we still got our two uh, standouts that remain really good trout fishing. Lake Wolford is reporting really good. They had their last trout plant on March the 7th. 
but there's been such light fishing pressure down there that there are probably a lot of holdover trout in that lake. Looking at Lake Dixon, that is a, probably the star of the trout fishing. They had trout plants on March 7th and March 21st, so there's plenty of trout in that lake. However, their water temperature is 60 degrees, and it's starting to creep up there too. So once that water hits 70 degrees, that's going to really kind of cut off the trout fishing, and especially the trout plants. We're still waiting to get a trout stock up there at Lake Hemet. I'm just waiting for some of my contacts to report when the Department of Fish and Wildlife may be into that lake. But um, I look for it not too long from now into the springtime that they'll start putting some trout into Hemet. Then we've got them a whole lot closer to home. Looking on the saltwater scene out of San Diego, there's only been a few boats going out of there. And generally when there's only a couple, couple boats, they don't have very good coverage. You know, these boats get a lot of them out there. They talk back and forth. You get a good idea where the fish are. But the few boats that have been going out have been doing really well. I know the boat, the legend out of the San Diego Landing, they had a recent trip where they limited out on yellowtail and then they went rock cod fishing and they limited out on the rock cod. The uh, full day boat out of the San Diego, or out of the Mission Bay Landing, that would be the boat San Diego. They recently had a trip where 18 anglers went out and caught 53 yellowtail. Then looking on the half-day scene in all of our landings, both the San Diego Point Loma, Fisherman's Landing, Mission Bay, Dana Point, and Oceanside, they're all pretty much targeting the rockfish since the opener on that was March the 1st. My reports are that most of these trips are averaging 5 to 7 fish per angler. So we do have some pretty good options out there. I really like that yellowtail fishing that's already doing so well. We got that rock cod in the option, and I would say if you want to catch some local trout, you better get in gear and get out there pretty soon because um, that warm water, they don't like it, and the plants will stop. But when that happens, that just means our bass fishing, catfish, bluegill, crappie, that should all turn on. So that's my fishing report for this, this week, and we have a lot of options out there. Well, in all my fishing reports for what we have here locally, you'll notice what I said so much of is that our trout season will soon be ending here in the Southland because of the warm water. Well, when it ends here in Southern California, it doesn't really end the trout fishing. If you're willing to take a little bit of a road trip, you're looking at one of my favorite areas to go fishing, and that would be in the Eastern Sierra. Now, when I start talking about a lot of these places up in the East Sierra, you're going to hear me say, well, this is my favorite place, and this is my favorite place. Well, they're all my favorite places. There's so many great spots up there. Now, if you've gone up to the Eastern Sierra, up, up Highway 395, you know what I'm talking about. It's just unlimited recreation. You're on the eastern border of Sequoia, Kings Canyon, Yosemite National Parks. If you go east from there, you can go into Death Valley National Park, and you're looking at some of the most awesome mountain scenery that we have in this country. Well, on this fishing show, I, we're going to take a little road trip up Highway 395. Now, if, as I said, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you've really got to go. This is only a day's drive north of us here in Anza. There's plenty of um, places to stay, whether you want to stay motel lodging, Plenty of campgrounds, rough it as much as you want or have it as much luxury as you want. So on this lone trip, we're going to start out in the south and head north. Now, as you're going up the Highway 395, the mountains start getting bigger and bigger, but all of a sudden you find yourself in Lone Pine. Lone Pine is 
at the base of Mount Whitney, which is the biggest, tallest mountain in the lower 48 states. I know because I've been on top of that mountain five times. The elevation of Mount Whitney is 14,495 feet. It's really quite an awesome sight to look at it. Also in Lone Pine, you may feel like you've, if you get there, you may feel like you've already been there if you watch any westerns. This has, was a real haven for filming a lot of westerns. It's, it's called the Alabama Hills area, and so many of the old western stars from the past were there. In fact, they even have a movie land museum in Lone Pine that's really well worth a stop. I've spent several hours going through there. It's amazing all the old actors, you know, your Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, Hopalong Cassidy, all those guys that, that filmed their, some of their westerns. But um, one of my all-time favorite movies was filmed there too, a lot more recent, Tremors. The Graboids were thick around Lone Pine. So that was quite a movie to watch. But um, anyhow, the fishing opportunities, they start right around Lone Pine. You've got the creeks that run out of the High Sierras. If you um, go up Whitney Portal Road, which goes to the trailhead of Mount Whitney, there's a turnoff to the Cottonwood Lakes Basin. Now, this area is the headwaters of the Kern River, and it's also the home of the California Golden Trout. This is where they're native. This is where they all started out. They've been transplanted out of there since then, but this is what they originally called home. So you've got that option. Now, if you go up to Cottonwood Lakes, that's backpacking or hiking to get into those lakes for golden trout fishing. So I should make a different differential in this, that you have your lakes you can hike into, and you also have your roadside lakes. I'm going to mainly concentrate on the roadside lakes since it's, well, there's so much to talk about up there, but we'll talk about what's easiest to get to. Also out of Lone Pine, before you uh, turn off to Cottonwood Creeks, there's an area called the Sand Pits. It's on Lone Pine Creek where it's been graded out, and you've got some nice little ponds and sand pits. These are stocked regularly with trout, and this is where you can fish the early opener of the Eastern Sierras, which started on March the 1st. Now, leaving Lone Pine, going up the road, your next stop will be the town of Independence. I really like Independence. There's a lot of historical things to see around that town. One of special interest would be the Manzanar Camp. This is where the uh, Japanese, one of the camps where the Japanese were relocated during World War II. It's quite a uh, display they have there and quite an interpretive center. It's it's really interesting. One thing that I found uh, really kind of ironic about this, you know, this was a uh, relocation camp where the Japanese people were put into there. But (laughs) I've actually talked to a few people that were in this camp in years past. They're either no longer with us or up there in age. But they kind of had a little uh, secret there that the guards would let them go out at night and they'd let them go fishing. But they knew they would come back the next morning. So that was kind of ironic to have a, um, you know, a prison camp where they let them go out to go fishing. But also in, in uh, Independence, you have the Eastern Sierra Museum there, which I really like. Shows a lot of the history of the Owens Valley. And you also have your fishing in that area, other streams that come out of the Sierras. One in particular is Goodale Creek. Now, all these creeks have ample National Forest campgrounds on them, so there's plenty of places to camp out. Going up the road, heading north from Independence, your next town will be Big Pine. Big Pine, what I really like about it, kind of going back to my backpacking and mountain climbing days, if you look west from Big Pine 
you're looking up at Mount Sill, which is 14,000 feet tall. From the Highway 395, you can look up and see glaciers. Now, these glaciers are the most southerly glaciers in North America. You got to hike to get up to them. You know, they're high country. This is not something you can drive to. And they are shrinking in size, but these are bona fide glaciers. And basically, it, that's only barely 300 miles north of us. But it's the altitude that lets them still hang in up there. You go up the road up to the trailhead, you've got the Glacier Lodge, which is really kind of a neat historic place. And one thing about the stream that runs down from there, now, I won't get into a geology lesson here, but glaciers, they are moving, and as they move, they're carving rock, so it puts a a silt into the water, which gives it a real turquoise color. It's not your clear mountain streams, but it's, um, well, it's a turquoise-colored glacier water. Now, where else can you go and see this glacier water running down? Well, if you go up into Canada, Washington, Alaska, but you have it here in basically in Southern California. So that's really quite a sight to see coming off the uh, Palisade Glacier. It's also the uh, Big Pine Creek out of there. Uh, There's fishing there, and there's a series of lakes if you want to do day hikes from the Glacier Lodge up and fish some of the, uh, the Big Pine Lakes. Next stop going up north, about 15 miles north of uh, Big Pine, is the town of Bishop. Now, this is a real hub for the High Sierras. Bishop is a full-service town. Anything and everything you want there, the lodging, restaurants, fast food, you've got outfitters there. It's, you know, you've got uh, Walmart there, too, I think it is. And um, anything you need, you can get it in Bishop. It's a great place to use as a central location point. If you go west of there, up the Highway 163, you're going up into the Bishop Creek Canyon. You've got both the north and south forks of Bishop Creek. One thing aside from um, the fishing up there, this has become a real photographer's mecca in the fall season. The Bishop Creek Canyon has fall colors that will rival anything anywhere, and I'm including New England. So going up the Bishop Creek, there's several campgrounds up there, your National Forest campgrounds. There's some privately run campgrounds. There's also some small lodges, cabin rentals. And um, fishing opportunities up there are just just so many of them. I can see why it's such a favorite spot. Then going up the Bishop Creek Canyon, you have three large lakes. That would be, uh, well, actually the smallest of them would be North Lake. Then you have Lake Sabrina and South Lake. These are both uh, reservoirs that were dammed up on the Bishop Creek. Beautiful lakes. Uh, Lake Sabrina is about the 9,100-foot level. South Lake is up at 9,500-foot level. These lakes are really noted for ice fishing at the start of the season. You can be um, out there cutting holes in ice and fishing on those lakes up through up until June. So plenty of opportunities out of Bishop, especially if you go up Bishop Creek Canyon. Just as you leave Bishop, just about five miles north of there, a place I really like, Pleasant Valley Reservoir. This is another reservoir. It's been dammed up on the Owens River. Really good year-round fishing in Pleasant Valley. And, well, a really nice campground there, but I got to hold myself on that a little bit. There was recently a fire up there that it started in the campground. It burned over 2,000 acres, so I'm not sure if that campground is available at this time. Also, it burned out some sections of the Owens River, which is really sad because that area of the Owens River offered some of the best wild trout fishing you could find anywhere in the West. So um, 
Pleasant Valley is there, but some of you may want to check out the conditions before planning a big visit there. Well, as you leave Bishop, you're leaving the Owens Valley. You know, the Owens Valley, it's, it seems like you're in low country, but the Owens Valley, you're at 4,000 foot elevation. It's just that you have 14,000 foot mountains on both sides of you. So, leaving Bishop, heading north, we're leaving the flatland. Next stop up Highway 395 is going to be Tom's Place. You know, I really like Tom's Place. I think the establishment has been there for over a hundred years. It used to be a real outpost, and it's still a really good place to use as a um, as a hub and get supplies. There's cabin rentals you can do there. But coming down from the high country, there is Rock Creek. There's several uh, campgrounds heading up Rock Creek as you're going up to Rock Creek uh, Lakes. A lot of fishing opportunity on there. And when you get up to the Rock Creek Lakes, you're up in some high country again. You're up at 9,500 foot elevation. You know, there's a small lodge there. You've got boat rentals. Plenty of hiking up to the high country out of the Rock Creek Lakes. But, you know, all these roadside lakes, they're regularly stocked with trout. But if you want to get into the wild trout and a little bit more of a challenge, there's plenty of hikes you can take out of there. Leaving Tom's Place and heading up the road a little farther, it's the big one, Crowley Lake. Now, Crowley Lake, it's also a dammed-up section of the Owens River, and this is a huge lake. I, it fluctuates depending on snowpack and how much they let out down below, but this is a lake that's several miles long and a couple miles wide across. This is um, kind of like the place people like to go to for the trout season opener. This lake, it's stocked very heavily by the Department of Fish and Wildlife in the fall, and this lake has so many nutrients in it the trout in this lake have phenomenal growth rate. Now, I've caught trout out of Crowley Lake, and it's something about these trout. They just seem to be have a lot more girth to them because they, they eat so well in that lake. Also, there's a lot of uh, sacramental perch in that lake, and maybe the trout feed on them to help them grow. Now, Crowley is like, on opening day, that's almost like going to Mardi Gras. You know, it's so full of people. It's, it's such a big destination point on the opener. But I do know that after the season opener, the crowds thin out and it gets to be a not quite the circus atmosphere there. Now, just kind of across the road and a few miles up from Crowley Lake off Highway 395 is a real favorite of mine. Seems like I'm saying that favorite of mine a lot, but uh, they all are. That would be a Convict Lake. Convict Lake, you have probably seen Convict Lake. They use Convict Lake as a backdrop in a lot of commercials, especially car commercials. It is just one of the beauty spots of the Sierras that you can drive to. There's a large campground right there at Crowley Lake, also a lodge. They have a full-service restaurant there that's a five-diamond restaurant. Got a beautiful view. They got boat rentals. We've had many vacations where we spent, you know, 10 days right there at Convict Lake. You've got the creek running out of the lake. You've got Convict Lake, which is such a beauty spot, but it, it's regularly stocked with trout. And you also have the option of hiking up to some high lakes right from Convict Lake. Convict Lake is another one that ices over in the winter, so, you know, generally it, it's ice fishing there at the start of the season. It's a very popular place. Just a hint here, if you want to go up there and camp, you better go online. There is a way to rent some of these campgrounds. Some of the campsites can be reserved. If you go up there on a weekend thinking you're going to find something, you're probably going to be out of luck. Leaving Convict Lake and about 15 miles up the road is another big resort area, Mammoth Mountain. Well, 
You don't have to be a fisherman to enjoy mammoth. If you're a skier, you love it too. This is such a big resort area. It's got everything from the finest, you know, five-star luxury lodges, five-star restaurants down to your fast food places too. Camping, National Forest campgrounds, there are some private campgrounds. You know, whatever you need, you're going to find it there at Mammoth Mountain. I know it's noted for um, its skiing. In fact, last year they had close to record snowfall. They had close to 800 inches of snow. That's that's 70 feet of snow. It really delayed the opener up there quite a bit because there was just so much snow. But um, that did it all a lot of good. Now, out of Mammoth Lakes, there is the Lakes Basin area that we've spent many vacations up there. Spent a lot of time just spending you know a week, 10 days up in the area. The main lakes up there would be Twin Lakes, Lake Mary, and Lake George. These lakes are all regularly stocked. You can have boat rentals there. But one thing I really like doing, uh, particularly out of Lake Mary, there's a Forest Service campground we stay there. I use my float tube there. It's great for float tubing. You get out there on the water. You're looking up at the backside of Mammoth Mountain. I've always caught fish there. It's just, um, just a real beautiful destination spot to go to. Driving a little farther up north, another 15 miles north of Mammoth, you've got June Mountain. Well, June Mountain, in a lot of ways, it's got a lot of the features of Mammoth Mountain. It's also a big ski area. It's it's another all-season resort. But let's just say that June Mountain is is got all Mammoth has, but it's scaled down. And quite honestly, it's a lot more relaxed than Mammoth Mountain can be. You know, Mammoth can get into a real frenzy during ski season or even... Um, during summer trout season, it's really popular with the fishermen, mountain bikers, vacationers. But June is known is known for being a lot more relaxed. But you're not sacrificing anything on the fishing there or the scenery. The lakes in the June Lake Loop would be June Lake, Gull Lake, Silver Lake, and Grant Lake. The ones in particular I like fishing is uh, Gull Lake. I've done really well at Gull Lake. But Silver, June, they're really good. Grant Lake is a is a storage reservoir. That's known for some big brown trout. And um, you can't miss on any of them. But once again, at June Lake, there's plenty of camping. You've got your resorts, anything from um, luxury resorts to, um, you know, scale down. But June Lake is another really great destination. Heading north again on Highway 395, your next town would be the town of Levining. Now, there is some good fishing out of Levining. You have Levining Creek that comes down from Yosemite. But Levining is probably best known as the gateway to Yosemite. From Levining, you turn west, you go up over Tioga Pass. Tioga Pass, it, you better check on it before you plan to go up there. The pass is at 9,992 feet elevation. You can't drive much higher than that in California. Sometimes, well, depending on the snowpack, it can be a late opener for Tioga Pass. You mean, I remember years when you couldn't get over it until 4th of July, and also it can get shut down pretty early with the first snowfall in, in the fall season too. But um, of course, going to Yosemite, that's a whole other world over there. It's really beautiful. But going up um, the road up to Tioga Pass, you got Lake Ellery, and another one is Saddleback Lake, which is a real pretty National Forest campground area lake. The one thing about Saddleback Lake there's a series of lakes. It's well, kind of getting a little bit too long to describe. It's kind of hard to describe it over the radio. But there's a loop trail you can take out of Saddleback Lake, and it's 
very possible that if you time it just right, if you do this low loop trail, you can catch all five species of trout in one day. That'd be rainbow trout, brown trout, brook trout, cutthroat trout, and golden trout. It's been done. You know, you got to plan it right, but um, it's a possibility out of Saddleback Lake. Another um, big feature out of Lee Vining that a lot of people enjoy is Mono Lake. There's a really good interpretive center there at, at Lee Vining about Mono Lake, the history, the water wars over the lake getting drained down. But fortunately now, the lake is being maintained at a certain level to where it's, um, it's quite a sight to see. Okay, leaving Lee Vining. You know, we're almost done with this trip up north. Leaving Lee Vining, you, you're going to go over Conway Summit. Conway Summit is the highest point on Highway 395 between Mexico and Canada. It's right at the 8,300-foot elevation. This is another one that uh, during winter months it can get shut down. But uh, up at the top of Conway Summit, you can turn off and go into the Virginia Lakes Basin. I've been up there a couple of times. Virginia Lakes, you're up between nine and 10,000 feet. Now remember, this is elevations you can drive to up to nine to 10,000 feet. But it's another one that kind of has a limited season since it is up so much higher. But it's a real beauty spot, and they do stock it with trout, and I've always caught them there myself. As you drop down from Conway Summit, your next town you're going to come to is Bridgeport. Bridgeport, you know, the when I've gone through there, you could just close your eyes, open them up, and when you're in Bridgeport, you, you think you're in western Montana. It is just so beautiful there. You're looking at um, the east side of Yosemite National Park, the Sawtooth Ridge, just a real beauty spot. You have real close to Bridgeport, the um, Bridgeport Reservoir. This is a reservoir. It's dammed up the uh, Walker Creek. It's uh, some really good trout fishing in there. If you Once again, you've got boat rentals. You've got um, a small lodge and campground. Well, what I like is going up Robinson Creek towards the Twin Lakes of Bridgeport. Uh, there's a couple of campgrounds at Rob, along Robinson Creek that we've stayed at before. Really nice. Then you get to Twin Lakes. These are two large lakes. And what sets them apart is that Twin Lakes holds the record for the biggest brown trout caught in California. This brown trout, and I've seen it mounted, it weighed 28 pounds. That is huge. That's getting into tuna size. So it's got a real reputation there at, uh, at the Twin Lakes for being the uh, home of the giant brown trout. They still get big ones, not quite that big, but people are out there trying to get them. It's really nice out of, uh, out of the uh, Twin Lakes area. There's some really pretty hikes I've taken up to, to some high lakes. I've just caught all kinds of, all the, uh, the uh, brook trout I want to up there. Really pretty and some really good fishing, but one little caution I've seen bears along that trail, too, so they're up there. Okay, well, I think that's about all I'm going to cover on Highway 395. That's a good stretch of it between Lone Pine, the start of the High Sierras there at Mount Whitney, and going on up to Bridgeport. you still got some beautiful country, you know, before you get to Lone Pine, pretty country after leaving Bridgeport, but I'd say that's just the real golden highway there between Lone Pine and Bridgeport. Now, just talking about the trout season up there, they do have an early season opener in the southern Sierras. That would just be between Lone Pine and Independence, west of the Highway 395. There's not a whole lot of fishing to do, but if you've got to get your early season trout fix up in the high Sierras, you do have that option on March the 1st. 
There are a couple year-round places to fish up there. One would be the Pleasant Valley Reservoir, and there are sections of the Owens River that are year-round. But the bulk of the trout season, the season opener is always the last Saturday in April. I haven't checked my calendar to see what that is, but it's always the last Saturday in April, and it stays open until November 15th. Now, we have got such a vacation land and such great trout fishing opportunities Basically, a day's drive away from us here. It's a great place to take advantage of. It's Even if you're not into fishing, just all the uh, the scenery, it's a great place for a vacation. And you sure got a lot of trout fishing up there to do too. Well, everybody, it's recipe time. And talking all that trout fishing, I think the best thing to do is give a trout recipe. I've got one for you here. This is a grilled orange marinated trout. I've done this one before and it's really tasty. I like to start out with maybe three or four trout. Just um, gut them and gill them, cut the head off, and uh, but you keep the body whole. And I like to make a marinade for these. This marinade, I start off with one half cup of orange juice, two teaspoons of honey, a quarter cup of white wine vinegar, a quarter cup of olive oil, put in two garlic cloves, and just a teaspoon of Italian seasoning. Now, put all this, I like to do it into a um, plastic resealable bag, mix it all up, and just go ahead and put those trout in there. You want to refrigerate it and keep it in there for maybe two to three hours, let it really absorb these flavors. Then after that, I like to cook it maybe on a grill, over coals, propane, or you can even sear it in olive oil in a skillet. Remember, the thing is, you don't want to overcook this fish, and trout is very delicate too, so you don't want any of these um, flavors to overpower it by cooking it too long. So anyhow, that's my recipe for the week, this grilled orange marinated trout. And um, while we're talking about catching trout, I have a little tip for you too, before you go trout fishing. You know, if your gear's been sitting there all winter long, or maybe since last summer, change the line on your reel. You know, that is probably the least expensive thing that you can do as far as equipment-wise, but that's the contact you have between you and the fish. Now, monofilament, it takes a real beating if it's sitting in a hot garage. It really deteriorates fast. Of course, up here, hot in the summer, if it gets really cold, that doesn't do that line any good. So if the line has lost its luster, if it's the least bit chalky or milky color, Get it off of there. You don't want to lose a fish just because you've got old fishing line on there. So that's my tip and that's my recipe for the week. At the start of the show today, I said I had a special announcement to make, so I'll go ahead and do that now. I'm going to be away from the studio for a short time, and um, you're still going to be able to listen to the Castaway Show. I've been doing this show for over a year now, and we're going to be doing a series of the best of shows. Now, I won't be giving any uh, current fishing reports because they won't be current if, I, if they're best of shows. But over the last year, I've talked about a lot of different subjects. We've talked long-range fishing out of San Diego, lobster hooping, trout fishing, fishing Alaska, fishing Arizona. Just so many topics, and a lot of those are timeless. So I hope you will continue listening while I'm away from the studio I'm going to still be in the same time slot. That will be 9 o'clock Saturday mornings and 6 o'clock Sunday evenings. So you still listen in. I think there's a lot of information there. Maybe it'll be good for review. And I hope it inspires you to get out there and still go fishing. So while I'm gone, please still listen in to the best of the Castaway Show.